Welcome to Moments in Truth. I am your host, G.T. Stikes. The purpose of Moments in Truth is to give you a few minutes of encouragement by providing simple truths from God's Word, identified and explained from a biblical worldview. Now, today we are looking at what people identify as Jesus' first miracle, turning water into wine from John chapter 2. And we don't know why Jesus chose this event to show his miraculous power, but it does teach us something about his nature that I believe is important for us to consider. Now, if you can look at your Bibles, let's go ahead and look together at John chapter 2, and we're going to begin in verse 1. If you can't grab your Bibles, don't worry about it. Just listen along as I read. Starting in verse 1, it says, On the third day... There was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to Jesus, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. So Jesus and his disciples have been invited to a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and Jesus' mother is already in attendance. Now, it seems as though she was helping with the wedding or was very close to the family or something because she seems to have inside knowledge of what is going on. Now, nowadays, weddings last for two to three hours, maybe more for those who have a big banquet after. But back in Jesus' day, it was common for a wedding to last up to seven days. That means that there had to be provisions for all of the invited guests for those whole seven days. And these weddings were more like festivals. Now, it's customary today that the bride's family pay for the bulk of the wedding, but that was not the case in Jesus' day. It was the groom's responsibility to supply everything for the feast, including the wine. Now, in the event that the provisions ran out during the wedding feast, it was considered shameful. In today's culture, the groom and his family would be posted all over social media about how terrible of an event that it was. And back in that day, the bride's family could actually sue the groom or have him fined for not being adequately prepared. So running out of wine for the feast was a very big deal. Now, Thinking about Jesus' response to his mother, I want to make sure that I clarify his statement, because if we responded to our mother with the term woman, you know, it would be offensive, or it would seem offensive anyway, but that's not the case here. In the Greek, woman here is the word gune, and it's a very respectful term, like how years ago someone might address a lady with respect by addressing her as madam, which translated now as we hear it in the South as ma'am. Now, when Jesus says, my hour has not yet come, what he is saying to her is, why are you involving me in this situation? Jesus is trying to politely allow his mother to understand that his purpose is to do God's will for his life and not her will. Now, I'm imagining Mary looking at Jesus in a motherly way, as if to say through her eyes, what are you going to do? And I imagine Jesus looking back at her with understanding and intent. And I say that because of what happens in verse 5. Look with me at verse 5. Jesus' mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. Now Mary didn't know what Jesus would do, but regardless, she trusted him. Now something worth mentioning here is that this phrase, Whatever he says to you, do it, 
is the last recorded words from Mary in Scripture. Now, how powerful that the last opportunity for her to be recorded, she is instructing people to do whatever Jesus says. Now, look with me at verse 6. Now there were set there six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing twenty or thirty gallons apiece. And Jesus said to them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. Now there are six water pots of stone that are twenty to thirty gallons apiece. Now notice it says, according to the manner of purification for the Jews. Now the law for the Jews required them to purify themselves after different events, to both wash and cleanse themselves physically and walk through their written processes of obedience. Now to clarify, they did not climb into these pots. They took water from them. The bins just held the water. Now some had the view that water taken from a particular brook or body of water was more pure than others. So sometimes people and even servants had to walk long distances to get water and bring it back to fill up. And when your pot is only holding one to two gallons, it takes quite a few trips to fill up these 30-gallon holding tanks. Now Jesus said, fill the water pots. And notice that the servants filled the water pots to the brim. Now that's important to note. Because there have been many who have claimed this miracle to be false. That maybe wine was added later to make it seem like Jesus turned the water to wine. Or perhaps some kind of coloring was added that changed the clear water into a wine color. But in actuality, nothing could have been added to the pots because the water was to the very top. If anything had been added, it would have overflowed. And there is one more consideration, and we see this coming up in the next couple of verses. Look with me at verse 8. And Jesus said to them, Draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom. And he said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine, and when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. Now the master of the feast is handed this new wine. The master of the feast was um, the, basically the person in charge. He wasn't just the party planner. He led people through the ceremony. So how does this man identify the wine? He identifies it as the best. You know, that shows us that Jesus did not add food coloring to the water, but he made wine. And not just a little wine mixed with tons of water, but a very potent, very flavorful and best wine. Now, it was of the absolute best quality and greatest taste. That means that when Jesus performed his first miracle, he did so to the best of his abilities. Now, something else to note in this was Jesus' first miracle. And notice how quiet it was. Jesus did not announce that he was the Son of God. He quietly performed a miracle. Only the servants and people behind the scenes and Jesus' disciples knew what happened. Now, the text identifies that this is the beginning of miracles or the beginning of signs, and this is an important distinction. 
Now, there have long since been false teachings that Jesus performed miracles as a child. But here in the text, we see that this was his first miraculous act. Now, as Jesus turned the water into wine, his disciples witnessed this act, and Jesus revealed to them that he truly was God in the flesh. Now, verse 11 says that this is the beginning of signs. Not that this is a miracle. Yes, it was a miracle, but it was something even more. Miracle seems to be something supernatural, an action that a man alone could not do, but there is not necessarily anything else connected to it. No message or understanding or teaching that can be necessarily learned from it. This is how our culture naturally thinks of miracles today, something that seems impossible to accomplish, and yet somehow it is accomplished. However, signs here in the text is different. The Greek word for miracle or signs, depending on what translation that you have, is semeon, which means signs. It is just like a miracle, except it has a spiritual significance. Author Warren Wearsby described it as a sermon in action. Now, this was the first of seven signs that Jesus offers. And what was the purpose of this miracle or this sign? It was not simply to fill the empty glasses like a party trick, but it was to show his disciples that there was depth to their belief in him, not by what he could do, but by who he was and who his father was. And we see the disciples' response in verse 11. His disciples believed in him. Now think about what he did. Jesus never touched the water. He simply told the servants to fill the pots with water. He didn't speak an incantation, nor did he tell the water to do anything. He didn't perform some ceremonial act. He was simply present and gave basic instructions, and the water was turned into the best of wine. Now, what is our takeaway from this text? Well, there are three important things that we can learn and apply. Now, there are more things that we can learn, but I want to focus on the application of these three specific truths. First, Jesus did his best when he turned the water to wine. And what does this tell us? Well, Jesus always did his best. Whether he's performing a miracle, or whether he was teaching, or whether he was helping someone out, he never slacked off. And this is a great inspiration for us today to keep doing our best just as Jesus did. Jesus did his best for God's glory, and we should too. Now, if you'd like a verse to meditate on today, consider Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, which says, Whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Now, the second important thing that we can learn and apply is when Mary trusted Jesus. She didn't know what he would do, but she still trusted him. And why? Because he was trustworthy. Jesus had proved himself to be trustworthy to Mary, and Jesus has proven to mankind that he is trustworthy. When we are unsure of what is happening in our lives and around the world, we can always put our trust in Jesus Christ. He will never fail us. That is truth that we can meditate on today. And then the third important thing is that when Jesus had the opportunity to give, he did so abundantly. He made sure that the largest containers were filled to the brim of the best tasting wine. He could have filled a pitcher or a container big enough that would have filled everyone's glass one time. But no, when Jesus provided, he did so abundantly. And this tells us about his nature. When he gives, he gives more 
than enough. Well, let me go to prayer for you today. Lord, Heavenly Father, I pray for the listeners today, Lord. I pray that you would bring them encouragement, help, and strength. I pray, Lord, that as they fight their spiritual battles today, that you would strengthen them, that you would help them to overcome the enemy's advances. I pray, Lord, that they would continue to meditate on your word and study it and to memorize it so that they may hide it within them and be able to pull it up at a moment's notice, Lord, as they are in their daily spiritual battles. I pray, Lord, that we would learn from the application of today's lesson. I pray that we would always do our best. Help us to do our best for your glory and not for our own. Help us not to cut corners or to take shortcuts, but to do our absolute best. I pray, Lord, that you would help us today to be trustworthy. Let others look at us and be able to identify us as trustworthy because of the efforts that we do, the efforts that we make in order to be trustworthy. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to always do the best that we can, not just for others around us, but for you. I pray, Lord, that we would rest in your provisions, Lord, and be thankful that you give to us abundantly. And I pray, Lord, that today is a great day for everyone and that we're able to go out and just praise your name. And again, thank you for this day. In your name, I pray these things. Amen. Well, make sure to listen to the next podcast. We will be looking at Jesus going back to Jerusalem for the Passover. Now, what is the Passover commemoration and what can we learn from Jesus at this event? Tune in to find out. Well, thank you for listening to Moments in Truth with GT Stikes. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen to today's podcast. We would love for more people to hear the truth of God's word. And you can help us reach more people by sharing, following, and subscribing to this podcast. Please be sure to check today's show notes for any links to any additional resources, encouragements, and how you can help with this ministry.